Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. You need a rice cooker. There, I said it. And I am not one for recommending appliances because I for sure take a less is more approach when it comes to the kitchen, when it comes to equipment. And let me tell you, I had never even seen a rice cooker until I met my husband, who is half Japanese, for those of you who don't know. So a rice cooker was a staple in his house growing up, and he was floored that I had no idea what a rice cooker was when we first met. But now I am a rice cooker convert, and I am here to also make you a convert to this $25 kitchen appliance. Or if you have one, to encourage you to dust yours off and actually use it to make dinners less hands-on. Does cooking feel like a struggle more often than you want to admit? Do school lunches get boring after the third week and even cereal for breakfast sometimes feels like too much effort? Let alone feeding yourself and your family meals with vegetables they'll actually eat? If you're a busy mama like me, you can probably relate. I'm Chris Dovniak and welcome to My Healthy Mama Kitchen. I'm a trained chef, culinary nutritionist, and mama of two, and I'm here to guide you in making healthy eating easy and accessible by simplifying your meal plan, demystifying meal prep, taking the stress out of weeknight dinners, and helping you learn to cook your family delicious, nutrient-dense meals along the way without spending hours in the kitchen or thousands of dollars a month at Whole Foods. In this podcast, I'm here to share my best tips, tools, and hacks for your real-life Healthy Mama kitchen with a side of humor and sometimes a little bit of spice. So grab your favorite apron and let's get cooking. Okay, let's dive in. So why are rice cookers so awesome and why do you need one or why do you need to dust yours off? First and foremost, like I mentioned, they are super inexpensive and they are an awesome time saver if you use grains in your cooking. You literally add in rice or whatever grain you're using. We'll talk about that in a minute. You add in water, sometimes a little oil, but that's usually it. And then you turn it on. And the best part is that rice cookers keep the rice or grains warm. So you can do this a little bit ahead of time. You can do this at the start of your cooking. And then when you're ready to assemble your bowl or your curry or whatever it is that you are cooking alongside your rice or your grains, it's ready to go. There's no risk of burning the rice, you know, 
If you've ever been in that position before where you're cooking some sort of grain on the stovetop and you wander off to do something else and you might not have had the right ratio of water and all of a sudden you get back and the rice is sufficiently burned to the bottom of the pot. And I mean, I have definitely thrown away pots before because I've burned grains into the bottom of them. That Maybe that's just my personality, but I've gone, nope, not even dealing with this. Um, you know, not that you need to do that, but I'm telling you a rice cooker is a lifesaver because there's no risk of burning it. And I know that some of you are going to tell me, but I have an Instant Pot. And yes, the Instant Pot is also a great alternative. And I'm actually going to do a whole Instant Pot episode because I am a big Instant Pot fan. But honestly, I use my rice cooker more for grains specifically because it's truly set it and forget it, like I mentioned. And I'm often using my Instant Pot for things I want to cook alongside my rice cooker. I also personally feel like the Instant Pot has a lot more steps required than just a simple rice cooker. So, you know, you have to look up the ratios. There's certain cooking times for each grain. You have to, sometimes you have to naturally release it, or sometimes you have to release it immediately. And I'm talking about the pressure on the Instant Pot, if you're not familiar. The rice cooker is seamless, you all. So, there's none of those steps. And where I do occasionally use my Instant Pot for grains, I think that the rice cooker is worth it because, like I said, it's set it and forget it. So what can you actually make in a rice cooker? You can obviously make rice in a rice cooker, any sort of rice that you desire. Uh, Okay, exception would be wild rice. I have not had success with straight up wild rice in the rice cooker. And it might be because I just haven't gotten the right ratios down. But wild rice is, it's actually grass, not a grain. I've done wild rice blends and those are fine. Still not my favorite. I like cooking those on the stovetop better. Um, But you can do white rice, any sort of white rice, short grain white rice, like sushi rice. You can do long grain rice, basmati, jasmine rice, just plain old long grain rice. Uh, You can also do brown rice, long grain, short grain. You can do any sort of rice in the rice cooker. Quinoa works out perfectly in the rice cooker as well. I use the rice cooker for quinoa all the time. Millet, which if you haven't used before, it is a great, it's a It's a gluten-free grain that's kind of similar in texture to couscous. It's a little bit, it's kind of like if couscous and quinoa had a baby. And I love it. There is a millet stir, uh, it's not a stir fry, millet fried rice that um, I've been making for years and years from the Supernatural Cookbook by Heidi Swanson. I love Heidi Swanson. Her website's 101 Cookbooks. And she was probably the first food blogger. I I think she was the first food blogger I ever followed. Um, She has beautiful pictures of her food and her travels. Uh, I think she lives in the Bay Area. And uh, anyway, she's vegetarian and has an incredible vegetarian recipes and she has several cookbooks and I have her first uh actually do I have all of them I have at least her first two cookbooks and uh that's how I discovered millet uh millet is actually a lot of people recognize it as being in birdseed so it's those little round uh those little round grains in birdseed and it's quite delicious and it works out really well in the rice cooker so just you know well a little shout out to millet if you haven't made it yet uh, you can also make oats in the rice cooker as well steel cut oats work the best in the rice cooker it, you can do rolled oats but I do find they get a bit mushy so you can definitely do steel cut oats though I like to soak them overnight and then turn it on in the morning and it makes really delicious steel cut oats you can add whatever else you want to to it as well you can do some maple syrup 
I do a pinch of salt. You can do some vanilla extract. Um, so that's a great option as well. So in general, any type of rice, quinoa, millet, oats. Uh, I haven't tried amaranth, but that's a grain as well that would likely work. The only thing that I don't typically put in there is uh, wild rice, like I mentioned. And I also want to mention that uh, orzo and couscous get mixed up as grains often. They are not grains. They're made from grains, but they're actually pasta. So I don't use the rice cooker for orzo or couscous, but it doesn't really matter because both of them cook up really, really fast because they're pasta on the stovetop. Um, so those are the grains that I use in the rice cooker. So I know I'm going to get asked, what rice cooker should you buy? If you're like, okay, set it and forget it. Sounds great. Which one should I buy? So the Mac Daddy rice cooker is the, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher this name, Zojirushi. It's like $120 to $150. A lot of chefs swear by it. I will link it in the show notes. But guys, I use a super inexpensive rice cooker and it works great. Is it as fancy? No. Does it get the job done? Yep. 100%. And it was about 30 bucks on Amazon. Um, the most popular brand on Amazon is the Imusa brand. Um, they have a five cup, they have an eight cup. It's about 20 to $25, depending on which one you get. And so I, the only reason I have the one that I have is because it goes with my kitchen decor. Um, and so it was a little bit more expensive. But you can get a rice cooker that's as little as two cups and that's not a lot. So if it's just you or you and a spouse, if you don't have kids or your kids don't eat rice, my kids love rice. Um, so we we have a pretty big rice cooker. I, I think ours is a five cup. Um, I, I don't think we need one that's an eight cup because it's eight cups dry. It's a lot of rice. We, we're not serving a crowd with our rice cooker, but we also need something a little bit more than the two cup. So for us, the five cup works great. There is an adorable one by Dash that has awesome reviews on Amazon, the little, the little two cup, and I would definitely buy it if uh, we didn't need to, to feed so many people. So you can find one for about $20 to $25 on Amazon, super inexpensive. Uh, I will link the ones that I mentioned, the little one, the Imusa brand, the one that I have, and the Zojirushi Mac Daddy. So now let's get to how to actually use your rice cooker. I want to make a note that a rice cooker is a steamer. It's different than the Instant Pot, which is a pressure cooker. So you will lose some of the water, some of the moisture through the top hole. And you want to make sure, first and foremost, that you have enough water in there. It will stick if you don't have enough water. And sometimes it'll still stick in the bottom a little bit, but most rice cookers are made that they're really, it's really easy to, to clean. I've never had a problem cleaning a rice cooker like I have cleaning a pot. Um, and like I said, it will not burn. It just, I mean, well, I guess it's possible for anything to burn, but it likely won't burn as long as you have liquid in there. So just make sure you have enough water which means just learning the correct ratios for whatever rice or grains you like to use for your rice cooker, which is very simple. We'll get to that in a minute. So steps to use your rice cooker. All right, number one, you want to rinse your rice. Start by rinsing whatever rice you're using under cool, clean water in some sort of a fine mesh strainer. They have rice strainers. I just use a fine mesh strainer. Rinsing the rice is important because it's going to remove some of that starch that makes it sticky. If you don't rinse it, it will be stickier. So rinsing your rice a few times, usually the recommendation is until the water runs clear instead of cloudy. If it's cloudy, then 
you still have some of that starch on there. So number two, add your rice to your rice cooker. So add the rice to the rice cooker. It might still be slightly damp. That's fine. Step number three is you're going to add water. So not a big deal, right? Step number two, add the rice to the inside of your rice cooker. Step number three, add water and you're going to turn that rice cooker on. So in terms of the liquid that you use. Some chefs prefer to use broth for added flavor, and I will do that on occasion. It's great to add bone broth, which will add some extra nutrients to that rice as well. If you're just figuring out how to use a rice cooker for the first time, though, sticking to water, I find, is the best because some of these other liquids can cause extra foaming, Um, and water just is the kind of the cleanest result. And water also stores longer. So whenever you cook grains in a liquid other than water, especially bone broth, it's going to change the amount of time that it can sit in the fridge. So starting out, I would recommend water. Later on, you could also use some bone broth. I also like doing half water, half coconut milk to make some coconut rice as well. So In general, you want to use one and a half to two cups of water for every one cup of dry rice, okay? Using one and a half cups is going to be a slightly grainier rice, okay? So a little bit fluffier. Two cups will give more of a sticky rice. You don't want to put less than one and a half cups. You also don't want to do more than two cups because then it'll be extra sticky, okay? So one and a half to two cups, depending on the result you're looking for. You can also add salt to your rice cooker, usually about half of a teaspoon or less, depending on how flavorful you want your rice to be. And not flavorful, rice is flavorful in and of itself. Um, Most most Asian traditions I find don't add rice to the rice cooker uh, or, you know, while cooking. As far as as far as I've learned in my culinary travels. Um, But a lot of Americans will add salt. So it's kind of up to you. About a half a teaspoon or slightly less per cup of dry rice is a pretty good measurement to start with. But you don't have to add salt if you don't want to. So then you just want to give it a little stir, turn the rice cooker on, close it, and set it to go. Most just average rice cookers will literally just have an on button. And when when it turns off, it just clicks and it'll automatically go to keep warm. Some rice cookers will have different settings for different types of rice, and you can choose that setting if you have one of those. Like the Zojirushi has quite a few (laughs) different settings to it. But most simple rice cookers just have that on and keep warm setting. So let's briefly talk about ratios of different types of rice, okay? So I mentioned that You generally want one and a half to two cups of water per cup of rice. This is for white rice. So like I said, one cup of dry white rice, one and a half to two cups of water. Brown rice, you want a little bit more water because it does have uh, that outer bran and germ. And so it does, it takes a little bit more water to break that down so that it's soft, right? So typically two cups of brown rice, two cups of water, I meant per cup of brown rice. For other grains, it is most often a one to two ratio as well. With quinoa, I actually prefer the one and a half cups to one cup of dry quinoa. And oats, steel cut oats specifically, you need a little bit more water. Um, So one cup 
one dry cup of steel-cut oats to three cups of water. And like I mentioned before, I recommend soaking the steel-cut oats. Now, you can go super fancy and you can soak them, strain them, add in new water, but I find it easy enough just to soak them overnight, turn it on in the morning, and they turn out perfectly. So that's basically it, friends. That is how you use your rice cooker. It is three steps, maybe four, if you're adding salt to it. Super, super simple. So a few tips. I did mention this before, but I want to mention it again if you're new to using the rice cooker. The hole on the top will spurt steam because you are steaming the rice. So don't use it underneath a counter unless you want to you know, grow mold on the underside of your counter. <laughs> don't use it under a counter um, and know that the hole will spurt steam. If you're using something other than water or a grain other than rice, sometimes they do bubble a little bit more, have a little bit more steam. I find quinoa bubbles a little bit more than rice. I'm not sure exactly why that is in terms of scientifically. However, just just a note, make sure as well that you don't overfill the rice cooker. Uh, Make sure that you are following however many dry cups of rice or grain the manufacturer tells you that you can put in there. If you overfill it, it will overflow and it will likely not cook. as well, or not cook properly. The bottom will likely cook and the top will likely not. You are just more likely to have a huge mess on your hands. Don't even worry about how it's going to cook if you overfill it. Just just don't <laughs> because it will create a mess. So make sure that you're following. If it says it's a five-cup rice cooker, it's a five-cup rice cooker, right? And make sure as well that you are paying attention to how many, if it's dry, if it's a five-cup dry rice cooker or a five-cup total rice cooker. It will tell you in the directions. And if you don't know, then I would go ahead and Google that. Google whatever brand you have. How many cups of dry rice fit in this? Uh, because you don't want a mess on your hands. And these are super simple things. I know you're probably like, Chris, are you are you seriously telling us not to overfill it? <laughs> but I'm, I'm here to give you advice, right? Remember to rinse your rice. I already talked about this. But if you want fluffier rice, remember to rinse your rice. Remember that you can use different liquids. I recommend starting with water, but you can use broth. You can also add a little bit of oil to it if you want. A little bit of oil will just help to keep those grains separated a little bit when you fluff them after. You can use coconut milk. I like to use uh, light coconut milk and a little bit of water. So I do one can of coconut milk and then half of a cup of water. And I use the light coconut milk just because it's, I know people hate this word, but it's less chunky <laughs> because it has less of that uh, fat on the top, the the coconut solids. And I just find it has a smoother result. I have nothing against full fat coconut milk. I use it all the time. Uh, but for this purpose, I like using the light coconut milk. A rice paddle is really helpful to have as well, uh, just to spoon out the rice. You can also use it to stir the rice. I typically do not stir the rice before I put the top on. I think that's recommended. I probably should have mentioned that. I don't stir it. I just add the rice in the water and turn it on and it's fine. Um, so the rice paddle is really helpful to just kind of get around the edges to spoon the rice out. Rice paddles are very inexpensive. They're about four bucks on Amazon when I looked it up. You can get plastic or you can get, uh, you can also use a wooden rice paddle, but I do recommend if you're using a wooden rice paddle, the rice does tend to stick to it. So if you just rinse it under cool water before you go to scoop the rice, that'll help keeping it Uh, to keep it from sticking. And the last piece of advice, which is really important, I mentioned you can use a lot of different grains in your rice cooker, which you can, but don't mix your grains. 
one grain at a time in the rice cooker because the rice cooker automatically senses the density of the grains. If you have more than one grain, then you might end up with some that are cooked and some that are not cooked. So one grain at a time. So that's it, friends. Have I convinced you? A rice cooker is so easy. It's like three steps. You can use pretty much any grain other than wild rice in it. And, and people do say that you can use wild rice in it. I just don't prefer it. So you guys, you need a rice cooker. It's going to make your bowls so much easier, so much faster. And you all know how much I love bowls. I wrote a whole ebook on bowls because they are just such an easy base meal for families on weeknights. I love my rice cooker. I love using it alongside my Instant Pot or my slow cooker. So go ahead, get yourself a rice cooker or dust off your rice cooker and start using it for your meal prep, for your weeknight meals. It'll make things so much easier. And of course, before I go, I have a freebie for you. It is a one-page rice cooker guide and ratio guide. So you have those ratios in front of you because I know that I, I'm telling you all these things, but it's really helpful to actually have that in front of you. So be sure to click the link in the show notes to grab yours. I hope you found this helpful. We're going to do more mini episodes like this where I share with you kind of the appliances and the tools that I use. I've gotten questions a lot on what are the essentials in your kitchen. And like I said, I'm a less is more kind of girl. I don't have a ton of kitchen appliances. I don't use a ton of kitchen appliances, but the ones I do use I use often and I am passionate about. So hopefully this was helpful for you. Check in next week. We are going to start talking about seasonal transition meals for fall. So I will catch you in the next episode. Until then, happy cooking. Thank you for listening to Mommy's podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts. You never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mentioned, head to HealthyMamaChris.com slash podcast. For daily eats, cooking tips, and family-friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at HealthyMamaChris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.